Hello everyone and welcome to the Power of Music Thinking. My name is Christoph Zürn and this is the podcast for people with a musical heart and a wicked job. We're looking for stories, insights and tools from the big world of music to inspire leaders and followers to listen, tune, play and perform in whatever field you're operating. Today is the 4th of April, and that's the publishing date of the book, The Power of Music Thinking. And today we have a special, a very special uh, episode, and, but I also have a guest. Welcome, Xenia. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, that's also very funny to do um, a conversation with your own daughter, And also in the, in a language that we normally not speak with with each other, so that's um, really also a, a, a premiere for 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 the two of us. Yeah, it will be uh, funny to talk in uh, in English since normally it's uh, it's German, right? Right, absolutely. And okay, so but I ask you because um, and that's um, also interesting to share. You played also a very big role in the development of music thinking and that's because as a daughter you hear a lot of uh, yeah everything that I shared at home or we should or we worked together we did workshops together we did also workshops together with the music thinking we've been I think three times at the uh, the design thinkers conference where we did workshops uh, together so actually you Yeah, the biggest part of music thinking and you also had great ideas when we developed the gem card so there are a lot of credits go also to your side oh yeah thank you <laughs> it's been a long journey already like for you it's even longer but uh yeah for me i jumped on board like what is it three years ago or maybe even longer ago maybe longer yeah maybe i think the gem cards came out four years ago but anyway I ask you to ask me, because first I thought, okay, I do, uh, I do a podcast about the, the, the book, and then I thought, who would be the person that could ask me the most tricky questions regarding music thinking, also knowing a lot about music thinking, and I ask you, so let's switch the roles, and I give the, um, the floor to you, and yeah, great for having me. Cool. Thank you. Then, uh, yeah, I uh, I will ask him the questions. Of course, I've done this uh, also several times in the past when we're developing, for example, the gem cards and the websites. We're doing the music thinking workshops, always asking uh, questions, um, especially about the music thinking framework. And um, yeah, so uh, so let's start. So um, yeah, and I don't want to make it too tricky for you uh, <laughs> during this Thank podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, I might ask some. So, but um, yeah, maybe um, for for the listeners, it's uh, it's interesting to know. So, how did it all start? How did you write this book? Why did you write this book in the first place? Hmm. Yeah, talking about the book actually really started when. I started with the gem cards. So when we had the gem cards, there was immediately the question, is there something behind, is there a book, is there something that people could read? 
And in the beginning, I thought, oh, that's actually an odd question, or I found it an odd question, because I thought, okay, people can just use the, the gem cards. They don't know necessarily what I have to share. But using the gem cards and music thinking in the last years, yeah, this question came more and more, uh, or more often. And so I started writing, I think it was half a year before the pandemic started. Uh, we were also working together in the cooperative in Fabric, uh, where you also play, played a part. And there was the question: Okay, Christoph, can you write stuff down? Otherwise, we have you. We always have to ask you. So I think that that was the the real start. And when the pandemic came, that was the yeah that was the trigger from okay now there are no excuses anymore, and um, yeah just sit down and write. Cool, because yeah, before you were also writing some blog posts also about the gem cards, but that wasn't enough. Right, so when the gem cards came out, I started to write something that I called Behind the Cards, and I think I wrote seven or eight, I don't even know, um, to explain a little bit about certain cards. For example, the, the Tools card, which is the... A special card because it's the the card that is different in type. So so um, it's the 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 ducks for all font designers. It's the ducks and not the Helvetica like all the others. And it's a very special one because it's also a tribute to uh, Hans Reichel, the inventor of the dexaphone. <laughs> That's an instrument uh, um, uh, playing with a bow and with 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 woods. But you have to to look it up on YouTube. And so I started to to, to write um, about every card. What about the question? What about the the cues that I'm using on the card? And actually, but this was more. Just to to explain um, the the relations in the card, this was not behind everything, but what the music thinking framework would be. Yeah, and but you also had the website, so you, so you could also post it, a lot of text over there. But still, there was the uh, the urge to to write it in a book. Can you explain a little bit more about that? So why not using the website, but really make a, a special book dedicated to music thinking? Well, actually, that's a good question because I already started and there's a lot of information on the website but also it's like when you put something on a blog after three or four posts it's gone so and I understood that people would write to have something in their hand and really work with it and um, and also the question um, to get everything together so in in the in the book itself it's the the, the first chapter is a personal chapter about where, where I come from, the second one is about music, and then it's about music thinking, the framework, then about all the cues, then how the cues work together, then something very special in the framework, the dynamics, so when things yeah, go different than you thought that they are, and at the very end, it ends, uh, it ends with uh, analogies. Actually, what's the, the, the basic uh, idea about the book that uh, diving into, into the, the, the big world of music and um, yeah, being open, inspiring people with an analogy of a very big, uh, of a very big field. And at the end, there's even a glossary. So, so it, it really, yeah, when I was ready, I thought, oh, yeah, that looks like a book. 
So coming back to my question, so um, this was also the first time for you to put the whole story together and also maybe think about the order of how you would like to explain and tell things about music thinking. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so um, diving a bit more further into that, you already told a bit about uh, the, the structure about the book. Um, yeah, can you maybe tell a little bit more about the structure or um, tell us how to read this book? Is it really designed to start at the beginning and um, yeah, end at the end of the book, like uh, read it chronological order? Or uh, can you also read uh, bits and pieces in yeah, any that, order you'd yeah. like? Now that's a very good question because I always said that in the music thinking framework, it doesn't matter with which cue you start. So this would also mean in in that logic that it doesn't matter where you start in the book. So you could also read the last chapter, for example, the last Q chapter about uh, remix and then just read um, about jamming or uh, empathy. But writing the book also helped to sharpen my idea about music thinking. So that is maybe an interesting part. Um, and I thought the best thing would would really be to, to, to first explain what the framework is. So the big framework of listen, tune, play and perform. So that's the, the overall over, overarching idea with the speciality that listening is something that goes through all the other cues. Sorry, the, through all the other faces. And that's very, that's very special because often we have something first do this, then do that, and then you can do like this. So we, we have an analysis and then we um, know what we want and then we do an ideation. Um, but in, in, in real life, I experienced that yeah, it's like our ears are always open. Um, we always get information and our brain is very good sometimes to filter them out and, and, and just not... Um, yeah, just not do something with it but in music you always get information even when you're on stage and and you hear the others or you you might hear the audience or you hear something that's reflecting from 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 the from the the, the venue that you're playing so and then you're doing micro micro corrections and i thought oh, this is compared to a business actually very natural because a business is not always like first we do this and then we do that because later a lot of challenges, problems or new insights come up and um, that's why the listening phase goes through all the other phases and how they how they overlap, how they work together, that's um, what I call dynamics and inside of these uh, listen, tune, play, perform phases there are the cues, let's say the main players, the, the, the focus points or the starting points and ideally, so if you would read it from a service design perspective, then it would be you start with empathy, and empathy meaning you, un you try to understand every single stakeholder that is relevant for your product or service. By the way, I explained in the beginning that um, I always talk about service because I think there is no difference between a product and a service. Uh, nowadays so most of the things that we do or even an iphone is not a product actually it's more a service um, that is delivered by a product coming back to the question so in the framework we know like okay you can start with any queue because that's also how organizations work 
Um, but looking at the book, is it also true for the book? Can you start anywhere in the book or is it best to read it from front till end? Or do you make a suggestion maybe for service designers to start reading at the Empathy Queue? Uh, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's, by the way, a good one. I think if you, from a service design perspective, you start with empathy, then you go to score, meaning to show and to do, then to uh, jamming, so and, and then, then remix. And this is more or less like service design works with one um, extra thing, it has to be iterative. We have to, not to do only a sprint. Actually, it's just more like walking, running every day. So it's not just doing a sprint and, and for one day we do this and the next day we do that and after four days we are ready and we, we give it to some people. So it's really the iteration is the most important part. And I think if you like, you can st uh, yeah, just start reading it, it like this. Um, when I discussed that idea with the with the editor um, and said, okay, it doesn't matter. Sometimes when I go into a bookstore and I open, maybe I also open the last chapter just to see what it is, and it's very visual, um, then I would read this and maybe jump back uh, to the beginning. And yeah, she, she had something like from, oh, no, 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 it, must, it really must be a book. And so then... I started also to, to come up with a, a prologue, uh, um, uh, um, told, uh, wrote a little bit about where I'm, where I'm from, that I'm also a joiner, a joiner by trade, and uh, later came to, and, and also understood the company that my parents had, where we had nearly 100 people, and understanding the company from all different perspectives. And that was really, for me, I think, still a very important part. And in real life, I just experienced the same in music, where you can have totally different perspectives on it. So, and, and then a very short chapter about music, and um, also that there are musical expressions um, I, I write in the book. So uh, things like uh, when, when you when you sometimes you hear "Let's rock this" or "Are we in sync." I noticed a pattern, let's jam about this, let's pull all the plugs, by the way, put, let's pull all the plugs, that's from the organ, uh, when you pull all the plugs then the, then the organ is uh, much louder, or tone of voice, um, we should orchestrate this, uh, orchestration is really a word that is uh, so in business so often used, where I think uh, a lot of people don't know what it is, and by the way, in one of the last uh, podcasts, with Mark Schillam, we are really talking about deep about orchestration, so that's also very nice. Or um, does this resonate with you? Or um, let's find the right cadence. Or to improvise, improvise a solution. So this was really a start, and then short, very short chapter about uh, music, and also with a very nice quote of um, the big, uh, great conductor um, Daniel Barenboim. Hang on. Let me see. Yeah, um, I'm, and that's also yeah, like the essence. I found this, um, by the way, this quote very late. So the book was already, let's say, done. And then I, I found this quote, and I thought it's really perfect. And I can read it uh, for you. The power of music. So he's talking about music, not music thinking. Lies in its ability to speak to all aspects of the human being: the animal, the emotional, the intellectual, and the spiritual. Music teaches us, in short, that everything is connected. 
And I think that's really also the base for um, the music thinking framework. Everything is connected, and that's maybe the long answer to your short question. In that sense, it doesn't really matter where you start, but if you are new to a concept like this, I really would suggest that you start from the beginning and uh, first understand what's all in the framework and then we dive into all the details. Yeah, yeah, that's clear. And maybe if they arrive at the chapter where you start explaining the, the cues of the music thinking framework, I'm just thinking, would it make more sense for a service designer to start reading about the empathy cue? And I don't know if you have another example, but for someone else to start at score or at personality, or is it also um, good to just read it in this chronological order so that you will start reading at uh, a jamming, for example? Mm, you, you know, I, I think the book is... It depends on, 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 on who is reading the book, so what you say. So I think if you're coming from a branding background or more from a leadership background, I think personality appeals more to you than empathy. With mm -hmm. no, yeah, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> and the same goes for a service designer that really said, okay, how other could we start than with understanding the context of people and real people and people in their context. So I think that's that, that's the easy part. Um, I think if you start at the end with the remix, um, and in the in the remix there's there's one um, I call it key visual um, about leadership. I think it's very not not very hard to read, but I think it's rather hard to read if you don't know the others. If you if you if you uh, did not uh, read the score. Uh, a chapter. So I think that the easy way for a service designer is really empathy, score, then jamming, and, and or jamming after score, I have to say, because jamming is twice, so that's really a little bit a trick. So I have six cues, but one of the cues is uh, used on two parts. Um, and then end with the remix, and everything ends with the remix. Yeah, cool. I, by the way, really like that you, that you did that in the book wrote two chapters about uh, jamming. So that's also easier for people to understand when you do what. What do you like, what do you like uh, exactly at, um, uh, of it? Yeah, so that's, um, there's like this, uh, this research phase where you, of course, also have the, the jamming queue, of course, to, to open up. So also the queues, they have uh, two sides, right? So I think the, the first side of the, the jamming queue or the, the left side of it is to sense. So to really to explore what is actually there. And, and I think that um, yeah, some people are not really aware of this stage. So mm -hmm. at some point or, um, or for them, like the, the two jamming stages are somehow connected so it's uh, yeah we just generate ideas and then we go into remix so that's really the short version but there are actually yeah. two kinds so really to sense to to um yeah to, to see what is there to to really be active in, in the listening phase so i also discovered that during my study so i have a uh, background in industrial design and um, there we really had to find the problem first which is of course also mm. really a uh, yeah design thinking principle so to say um yeah make sure that you are solving the right problem before solving the problem right so this is absolutely um, <laughs> so and then of course you have the another jamming so when you did your research 
And then you can, based on your research, you can start uh, another jam session, so to say, and um, generate ideas to, to solve your problem. So I really think it's uh, it's great that it's also in the yeah, in the book that it has uh, two dedicated chapters instead of putting everything in one. Yeah, and both of them are the co-creativity uh, track, uh, so jamming before and jamming after uh, after score. And but m m m it just um, uh, pops up in my mind, um, and it has to do with the question that you asked earlier. Um, when I before writing the book, sometimes I explained certain things, but just through writing the book. I, I even understood better what what I meant, and I, I will I will explain this to you. It sounds very cryptical, and in 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 before I start with the cues, um, uh, then uh, I explain because the cues have two sides. Like you said, it's to open and to sense with jamming before score, or score has to show and to do. And then I realized that one of them is more following part and the other is more a leading part and that's why also the book is called for leaders and followers and sometimes you can't even tell why what's the difference so for for example um, um, so sometimes we talk about leadership and we talk about a conductor and the interesting thing is that the conductor um, is nothing without the composer so actually the leader the conductor is following the composer what he writes And, and it, I just realized this when I had this, um, these cues, the, the two sides, that the, less, the left side of the cues, most of them, is to listen, is more or less following, to understand, then you make your mind, then, you're, then you can lead, or with personality, to be, then you follow yourself, or you follow what other people want from you, and to become, that's something new, that's the, that's the, the leading part, to show is what you have, but to do, the giving directions, that's leadership. To explore what what there is, uh, is the, the left part of jamming be, uh, after score, but to create, that's leading. And the same with learning, that's following some, uh, something, to understand also, to learn, and then to change is the leading part, and it's the same for remix, it's to deliver, that's following what everybody asks from you, But to live, to really iterate, to really make it um, a loop—that's the leadership. And actually, I can I can tell you that that's something I, I just realized when I wrote it down, and I really tried to visually um, explain it to to, to 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 people. So I think you might you could start with the with the cues. So right in the middle of the book, and just read the cues, and they are also visually uh, nice because they start with the picture. Of the queue, and then maybe start uh, reading from the beginning. And self, I think that maybe the hardest part is, um, yeah, let's play together. So, so after the cues, that's where there are a lot of references to everything that was before, and that might be disturbing for people <laughs> that just want to pick up the book. I can imagine that. Um when you just learn about this concept and then when you start like reading this chapter where everything is uh, mixed together so to say then um, yeah, you immediately have to apply the knowledge from before and um, yeah I'm, I'm really curious what the what the feedback of, uh, of people will be about that part <laughs> me too <laughs>
Yeah, so um, yeah, looking at the book, um, it's also uh, quite special because it doesn't only have text in it, but yeah, so as we are talking before, it also has some key visuals in it, uh, which you also designed. Um, yeah, would you like to tell a little bit more yeah. about that, why you put those uh, visuals in there and why you designed that yeah, together with the text, basically? Yeah, actually, that's a very good question because I think, or I thought... I don't know. Um, I think I'm not a writer in that sense. Um, I'm more a creator. And I didn't write the book, I designed the book. So um, I was much more um, focused on to visualize and to write and describe something instead of just writing a book. And so the visuals, actually, most of them were before the writing. And some no. visuals changed while writing. So um, um, this was also um, um, a very big challenge for me because the book is is just just a real book and not an e-book. And um, yeah, I had some attempts to to see if it would work as an e-book, and I think it, it might not. Maybe as a um, as an audio book, maybe that would be okay. But I think it's important that you that you work with the physical book, and that's also in the in the beginning. Um, you can open the flap. And then you can open uh, the music thinking framework. So on every part, when you are reading, you can open let's say, the, 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 the top and you can see what the framework is. So that helps you to see, oh, okay, now he's here. Now he's talking about instruments, okay. But now he's talking about the cues and how they fall into, into the faces. So for, for me, the, the visuals in the book are even, even important as the... As the text and also some pictures. In most of the pictures I took while being somewhere with my iPhone. For example, one is from Karlsruhe ZKM. That's the one with the reactable. So we, this was just a snapshot, and and also one after uh, um, in the in the analogy. And there's um, during the World Saxophone Congress, there's the picture with the jazz players and the saxophone band. So two, two worlds coming together in one, in one, in one thing. So, um, yeah, I think designing, and you can also design with words, by the way, I think. But the whole thing is really written and designed, and, and I, I couldn't uh, separate the one from, from the other. And um, your question was about the key visuals. Um, there, there are some visuals that really bring everything together, and I also will um, put them on the uh, on the download side. That's maybe good to mention, so that people can use it and also use it in their presentations. And um, yeah, and then just uh, use it as a conversation starter. Uh, and yeah, without having maybe without reading the book or or just with reading the book, and really try to yeah to 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 make a step further. Cool. So people can actually download these uh, these key visuals themselves. And yeah. So in 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 the book, there are the QR codes with every template. So there are some exercises in the book. Um, and the templates can be downloaded and the key visuals um, they can just be found on the download site and I will start yeah maybe putting every week another key visual on the on the site to also make it a little bit more interesting and not 
just everything in, in, in once because I want people to read the book and not just to, to, <laughs> to collect the key visuals. And um, there are also, um, for every Q chapter, there's also a playlist, a playlist with music that supports the idea and sometimes also goes a step further. Maybe so there's some even more inspiration through the music and it's maybe not just a playlist to just to put on on a party or, and, and just to, 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 to listen to it. So some of them would be also like, you know, you, you might want to stop and maybe listen again to it because there's something to, to discover and uh, something to discover that I couldn't write down but that's uh, absolutely a part of the of the idea of the of the power of music thinking. So in your book, you also invite people to listen to these playlists as some sort of inspiration, or also to um, yeah to process the basically the, the text you wrote down. Or um, for for what purpose do you did you put those playlists in there, and when should people listen to them? Um, I would say the playlists are an extra layer and um, because when I wrote the book there was a lot of there, I really had this kind of music in mind and sometimes I even mention it on the on, uh, in the book um, for example in I don't know which uh, which chapter I think it was the, uh, the agility chapter um, I'm mentioning from you can listen to um, to, to the space. So there's certain very modern music that is using space as the main theme and not just a melody or, or a harmony, but the harmony might be maybe a little bit more boring, but where these sounds come from, that's the interesting part. So also listening differently and um, the the playlist or the, song, the, the chosen songs on the playlist, they are... They are amplifying that. Or maybe just talking about one of the playlists. Um, I have one playlist about the House of the Rising Sun. And I assume that most of the people that are listening now know House of the Rising Sun. And if we, yeah, if they think about it, they even know how it works. Uh, so some of them, this was one of the first guitar pieces that you learn when you learn guitar. And yeah, so I would say let's be surprised <laughs> on how many versions uh, there are of one song. And that's also, let's say, the power of music thinking. It's the same idea, it's the same song, it's the same composition, let's say, or the same structure. And then there's a lot of variation. And I think that's really, um, that's the big analogy with, uh, with, with, with business. So we think we know what it is, but it can be so different and not not necessarily good or bad but just different and if we if we listen closely there are so many ways to yeah to play the house of the rising sun yeah cool so um yeah as, as i understood it correctly so also the, the book itself is also an invitation to listen maybe absolutely and not only to music but to everything that surrounds you and maybe also to listen what is not said and to listen what is not there. So, yeah, absolutely. If you, yeah, maybe it's a, the book is maybe about the big joy of listening 
<laughs> in the biggest sense. <laughs> Could have also been the title, maybe then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was fighting about some subtitles. <laughs> but how is it for you, Xenia? That uh, is listening such an, and, and we often use listening as like the open door. Oh, you have to listen better and we have to listen better to our client. But most of the time people don't mean listen. They just mean, they just want to get something across. But how is listening for you? Yeah, I think this is also like a super interesting uh, thing about music thinking. So um, it doesn't just tell you that you should listen, but I think it's also, yeah, giving you some handhelds. Also in the workshops we did, right? We did, uh, for example, at the Design Thinking Conference, we did um, an exercise with different types of listening. So I think it's great that also in the book and the way you're describing it right now, that's... Um, yeah, you, you really invite people to listen, but not just tell them to do so, but that there are, yeah, that, that you're also explaining that there are different types of listening. And when you explain about these playlists, they can also, um, yeah, listen in some sort of way. They maybe never listened uh, in that way before. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the idea. It's, it's also a little bit the joy joy of listening so we are in such a visual world and listening is just yeah can be so rich um i of course uh, read the book before it was published so for me it was also really the the first time that i uh, yeah that i saw it in in physical format uh, with all the visuals put together because before i only uh, was reading the text so for me uh, when i received the book um i don't know what i did first if i just um went through it and saw the, uh, the the visuals because I didn't saw them before or that I immediately skipped to the last uh, chapter because the last chapter is about uh, where you talk about analogies and you also, uh, yeah, we touched it before in our conversation and you were talking um, about analogies versus metaphors and yeah, can you explain a little bit more um, yeah, on that right now? Yeah, for, for me, that's that's imp an, an important thing because I like metaphors and metaphors are fantastic for creativity to build on stuff and really building different visuals that might not be there, but with the metaphor, you can create this, uh, these visuals. But um, I experienced that metaphors are often used to just get an idea across like um, politicians do. And no offense to politicians, but often you hear them talk about one thing in some kind of metaphor, like captains of industry, and then maybe go on with a different metaphor from the sea and the beach, or, you know, yeah, you, you make it up. And people don't understand this. It's just for getting one idea across. Um, but I thought um, music is so rich that it's absolutely worthwhile and interesting to, to dive into that big field of music. So I told earlier, when people talk about leadership and music, it's often the conductor. If people talk about um, creativity, it's the improviser and coming with ideas that we've never thought before right on the spot. And I think these are all okay. Um, but it didn't work for me. So I want to dive in and want to see, okay, but what does 
for example, Indian music, North Indian music, how do they do this? Is there a score? Hang on, no, they don't write it down. Oh, what does this mean? And is there in the modern studio production um, since the 50s um, and, and now everybody has something at home with your, with your home studio or garage band or Ableton or well, doesn't matter how it's called and everybody can make music even on, on, on the iPhone. And I thought that all is part of that big field. So the metaphor for me is good, but it might just be a start. And maybe just one point that uh, I think is interesting uh, in business we often use, we, we, we just want to get an idea across. So like it's the same if we um, make a persona in a half an hour or a customer journey we write down or a business model canvas. And it's like a metaphor. It's just too short. If you don't really dive in and if you don't really explore the field, you get the feeling that you know what it is, but later it's different. And so I use analogies, and, 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 and in my case, analogies of music, different kinds of music, and also the invitation from, hey, wow, there's so much to hear. Maybe let's explore, if you've never heard a classical uh, uh, concert, well, please do. Or if you've always heard a classic concert and you've never been at an ele electronic dance music uh, a festival, please do. If you've never seen real improvisers improvise, uh, please do. And if you've never seen a master of Indian music or didgeridoo or shakuhachi Japanese, please do listen. And then find out what it does with you and maybe also with others. So it's also good uh, conversation starter. So the analogy for me is really dive into the field, see everything that's there, not only the conductor, but also the, the first violin, the second violin, um, who, who's tuning the hobo, who's, who's giving us the, the, the A. Um, how do they train? How do they do this? And what do they need? So not only scale it to the orchestra, but also to a festival. There are a lot of people, important part of this analogy, who make it possible that people can be on a stage and, and perform. So that's the, yeah, that's the breaking the uh, the ice or um, yeah helping people to understand what an analogy really means and i really know i'm really convinced that it's worthwhile and yeah and but if you want you can start with a metaphor okay so basically to describe the, the difference between the two the metaphor might be a nice starting point but the analogy is also an invitation to dive a bit deeper into the matter Right, yeah, um, if you say it like this, um, I think the metaphor is a one-on-one -on -one thing. So you want to get the idea across. Mm -hmm. And the analogy, you have to do the work. You have to understand, if you dive into the analogy, you have to understand, ooh, what could this mean? Huh? For example, again, the conductor, oh, he's the one, he's the leader. And in the analogy, understanding, hang on, what is he leading? Oh, there's a composer. Hey, how did he write stuff down so that he can lead? 
And by the way, who inspired the composer? Maybe the composer was like Beethoven, a great improviser, or Carl Philipp Emanuel Bach. Hey, but we also have improvising in jazz. And then you, you're really understanding the, the whole analogy and you have to do the work. Hey, how does this comparison work in my company? Do we have a score? Who's writing the score? Who knows the score when we have a, a meeting? Who is just talking? Or who is talking from the perspective of the score? And that's interesting. Then the analogy really, um, I would say, then the analogy really comes in. And, uh, and at the very end, and maybe that's the, yeah, the clue, at the very end, it's not about music. It's about, it's about you. It's about how you see, hear, feel, um, experience the world and how can you make stuff better in what you're doing. So actually that's maybe, it's, n it's not said in these words, but actually that's what I meant to really at the very end If music as an analogy doesn't work for you, choose another one that works for you. But for me, it's music. And I know it's very, very, very big and very, very old. Okay. So, so also looking at the, and I'm not sure like if you, if you like this part, but also like the, the active and the passive part. So, for example, the leading part and that's the active part and the more passive part is the following part. So... Um, metaphors are better for following, but if you, so, if you get an um, yeah, somebody hands a metaphor for you, it's for you to follow basically. But if somebody hands an analogy to you, then it's about yeah, putting you in some sort of uh, actionable or, or active state where you actually have to to work with it. Yeah, I think in in short, an analogy is the invitation to think and not and not just to do. So I think that's that also might be the the, the difference. Cool. Okay, cool. And Good. you said before that, um, yeah. So if if uh, the musical analogy doesn't work for you, then you also can pick another one. So um, I also sorted out this uh, this quote, and I'll just read it because in your book you say good music thinkers recognize analogies, and great music thinkers act on analogies uh, analogies between analogies. So, um, and you also talk about end musicians in that specific chapter. Um, so my question to you is, and I also hear this a lot, so when people hear about music thinking, they think you should be some sort of musician or play a musical instrument in order to do something with it, basically. So um, my question is, uh, can you be a great music thinker without being a musician? I would say that's the good news. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be a musician. Um, I think you just have to be open to, to embrace the, the analogy that I'm using here. And if you don't know something, I would like to invite you to, to explore it. And at the very end, it's much more about what the ideas do with you instead of that I have ideas that I want to teach or learn or bring across. It's just more... A framework to, yeah, for leaders and followers to to see their field and to see that everything is connected, like we had in the in the quote at the beginning. And when everything connect is connected, what does it mean when one of them is moving or is cut away, or you have at a certain part more of it, and you you can fill it in with with your whatever you 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 have. 
Um, but if you would read the book from beginning to the end, um, and I hope some people do, um, I think you, you get you get the idea that this is a very great and broad field. And the, maybe the best thing with music, it's not good or bad. It's different. So you can have someone in the room who, who loves country music, another one musicals, the next one classical orchestra music, another one free improvised music or electronic dance music, hip-hop, whatever. And everybody is very enthusiastic about what he hears in, the, in that kind of music that he likes or she And the interesting thing is, how can they share what they hear and how they hear and how it's organized? And uh, yeah, for me, that's, let's say, the, the most important thing in how people collaborate and how they find, um, let's say, a new language or visual language to, to communicate better, to do the good things they, they want to do. That's um, that's great. So uh, yeah, also like um, yeah, going back a bit into our conversation about the active listening part. So I think it kind of an, uh, also answers the the question whether you have to be a musician to be a, a great music thinker. So um, yeah, I, I believe you you don't have to be a musician. Also, if I uh, yeah, if I hear you talking about this, but. Yeah, it's an also an invitation to uh, to listen, and yeah, if you're an active listener, then yeah, it might apply, or yeah, <laughs> you can be a great music thinker uh, yourself without being a musician. Might make it a bit a bit more easier. So that's also why why I've thought about this uh, this question. So if you played a musical instrument before, you kind of are familiar with some concepts, but I guess you can also be um, yeah an active listener to. Um, To music, yeah. maybe it's the same because we both like football. Um, um, do you necessarily have to be a good football player to enjoy a Champions League game? I think it's 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 the same. So it helps if you understand the rules, but sometimes if you understand the rules, you don't understand. You sometimes you don't understand why they're doing this or behaving that. So we could also dive into into the world of. Um, Uh, football or to go into another field of analogy um, do I necessarily have to be a good cook to be a, um, uh, um, to can uh, to appreciative eating so maybe you're a good good in tasting stuff but maybe necessarily not in cooking it and I think we could go on like this and actually that's what I want with the end of the book that we open up to everything that's that's interesting and if you don't know it Maybe you could just come back to music. Okay, well that's uh, maybe great also to uh, <laughs> to uh, stop discussing like all the uh, the more technical, the in detail parts about the book. So then uh, I have uh, one question left. So um, yeah, we started. We don't even know how long ago with the, with the website you started er even earlier with the with the framework and the idea and so on. So. The idea, the framework, the website, the, the jam cards. Uh, we've done several music thinking workshops, which you're still doing, by the way. And uh, now you wrote a book. So what's next? Yeah. The, if the book is my score, <laughs> um, I like to play. And that's my invitation to people use the book. But for me, it's 
to to use all the I would like to say knowledge, but I think it's not knowledge. Maybe it's more the the creative uh, ideas from the book, and to yeah to use it in 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 a, in a workshop, to use it in unanswered questions, questions that people not have yet formulated or design challenges, and knowing that everything is connected. So it's not only about service design, and it's not only about branding, and it's not only about the organization, and it's not only about the client. It's not only and let's go on like this. So I think for me. Um, Uh, facilitating and helping people to yeah to to understand their business better with a big analogy and if it's let's say a talk or a workshop a project or a program or an interim assignment whatever for me it's like um, it's just playing music okay cool so people can come to you if they would like to to learn how to play with this big analogy and Definitely be my guest. <laughs> cool. Then, uh, yeah, would like to thank you for uh, for inviting me to your to your podcast and uh, switching the roles that uh, that I could ask you the the questions. I think this also like uh, how is it for you instead of being on the seat of uh, asking the the questions about music thinking and now you you got the questions. <laughs> uh, very very funny in one way and also very. Mm, I think it's very easy to answer you and that has a lot to do with you because you know a lot and you, you, you know the whole field. So it's really a pleasure for me to, to, yeah, to have you as, an, um, as a conversation partner. And Xenia, thank you very much for, for everything that, um, that you've been a part of the power of music thinking. Thank you. My pleasure. And now I just hope that other people also might understand parts of our conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate this because listening is one of the top leadership skills and I feel honored about this. It is my mission to find, create and share inspirations for meaningful collaboration based on music analogies. If you want to support this, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating or write a review on iTunes or Spotify. And more inspirations can be found on musicthinking.com. We have a blog and you can download the Music Thinking Framework. And finally, I would love to hear your feedback. And if you need help with a business challenge, please reach out to me via email podcast at musicthinking.com. <laughs>